Welcome to Take My Life to 10 podcast show with your host, Tracy Horton, your life career resolution strategist. Welcome back to the How African American Women Can Navigate the Workplace and Survive series. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We already started off the series with um, number 10 which is white people are not treated better, they're treated different. Number nine, a supervisor cannot come after you if you don't give them ammunition. Number eight is you never know who are friends, relatives, married, lovers, or enemies. We're gonna move on to number seven, which is do not rush to condemn, judge, or dismiss people. The first thing we have to understand is we are all human, no matter what race, nationality, gender, we're all human and we all make mistakes. So you can't rush to condemn somebody because they offended you or they not giving you the credit that you deserve or because stuff happens, you know, and sometimes people don't realize that they're doing something wrong. So you got to give people a chance and an opportunity to correct what they've done wrong. But that comes with you being able to vocalize and articulate what it is that they've done wrong to you. That's why it's so important on how you carry yourself and how you perform and that reputation that you build, that credibility that you build. Because when you have to have these hard conversations with people, you have to put them in a position where they can be receptive to what you are saying. If you're constantly not doing and and doing your job and doing stuff that you ain't supposed to be doing and walking around with an attitude and you know, with the mean face and rolling your eyes and just combative every time somebody says something or do something to you that you don't like, you're going to have a very hard time addressing issues on a level that reflect professional maturity and set boundaries and standards for how you want to be treated in the workplace. So all of this you have to keep in mind before you even start a job. But when something happens, you have to be able to open up the lines of communication because this is how you build that foundation. When somebody does something the first time, you can't jump down their throat. You have to have a conversation. And I don't even think a conversation is needed the first time unless it was totally egregious and has to be addressed immediately. And I had an incident like this years ago where I was a newly promoted supervisor and the next supervisor that was over me, my manager, was in a meeting talking negatively about a situation that I handled. And they were, he was actually talking to subordinates about me that, you know, that I had to supervise. So I felt that that was totally unacceptable because he's impacting my ability to lead the people that I supervise. So the first time that that happened, that's something that I felt needed to be addressed immediately. And I did. But how I addressed it was in a very calm manner. 
um, I asked him, I said, hey, can I speak to you for a moment? And he, because he's friendly in your face, but behind your back, he's talking about you and saying negative stuff about you. But on the surface, he acts like he's cool and easy to talk to. So I used that to my advantage. So I was like, can we have a conversation? So uh, we sat down and I was like, you know, we just, because I had just got to that location. So I was like, you know, I just got here. You know, we really haven't had the time to really develop a work relationship and get to know each other. And I would hate for something to happen that would impact our professional relationship. So I would like to address something that has come to my attention. And I think it's very important because as my manager, I think you would think it's important for me to be able to effectively supervise my subordinates. So I was advised that you were saying negative things about how I handle a situation. So there's a couple of things that I do need to bring to your attention because based on the things that you said, wasn't totally accurate. One, let me just correct this situation. This is what happened. This is why it happened. And this is why the decision I made had to take place. And then two, I don't think it's appropriate to discuss that with my subordinates before having that discussion with me to get the facts, because this is not acceptable. And in the future, I would appreciate it if you would just have a conversation with me first, and then this way you will have all the facts or the information that you are relaying to the subordinates will be accurate. So therefore, I could come behind and send the same message so it appears that we're always on the same page and not against one another because we have to work in a cohesive unit in order to do our job effectively. Now, did I really believe that he was going to care about what I just said? No, he said he did and he said that he would not do that again, but I know him. And I know how he operates based on how he treats other people. So I knew that he wasn't going to stop doing what he was doing. But this is the slow and steady. You have to take it one step at a time. You have to give them the opportunity to correct it. So you can't rush to file a complaint the first time because they could explain it away. Oh, I didn't know. I was confused. I had a bad day. But if you give them the opportunity to correct it, did I have to put anything down in paper? No, I wrote it down in my notebook, but I didn't write an official complaint or and I didn't send a follow-up email on the discussion. No, this was a one-on-one -on -one conversation, an adult conversation to another, you know, one adult to another adult professional. I laid out what the issue was. I laid out what it should have been, and I laid out how I would like to be treated in the future. Easy, breezy. That's it. If someone is hasn't done something intentional and it was an honest mistake, they're going to take that and try not to do it again. When you're dealing with someone that doesn't care and they are intentionally doing it because maybe they just don't like you or because you're a black female or because they just an a-hole, then they're going to do it again. But you have your first step down to try and work things out on a professional level in order to create a cohesive environment. 
So what he did, of course, he did it again. So now, okay, this is episode number two. So I have another conversation with him. And the same type of situation, I laid it out, what I didn't like. You know, I started off good saying, you know, we had the conversation before. And, you know, I hope that things would be different. But I see that we're at this thing again. So now I have to ask the question, is there a reason? Is there something going on between you and I that I need to know about so that maybe I could work on what's the problem? So if you have an issue with me, then let me know so that it could be fixed. So I could figure out how we could make this work. And, you know, of course, no, 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 you know, it wasn't that. And no, I'm sorry. Yeah, I apologize. And I got the apology again. And no, it was a mistake and again. And I said, okay, you know, so again, you know, like, just come to me. Let's talk about it. Don't do X, Y, Z. And, you know, I think we'll have a wonderful working relationship. You know, you, I'm open if you have a problem with me, you could come talk to me, communicate with me. I'm very receptive to what you have to say. So I just don't want you to feel like you can't approach me if you have a problem with something so that we could work this out. So that was strike number two that I allowed and I had another conversation with them. And I noted, I noted it down. But this one, I went to my supervisor and I said, hey, I'm having... This is what happened. This is the second time it happened. So I just want to let you know that I'm having this problem. So I went to the person above him. I don't want anything done now because I want to give him the opportunity again to correct it. So, of course, he did something else again. And this time I did not have the conversation with him. I wrote an official complaint to his boss. So what happened was based on the things that he was doing, she decided as his boss to send it to EEOC. But that wasn't my choice. That was something she chose to do based on his history and the pattern that he had developed with me. So slow and steady wins the race. You don't jump immediately because you always want to be viewed as someone that wants to work things out and let people walk themselves into their own problems not jump the gun and put them there so you just have to have patience and get it because they can't explain doing the same thing three and four times after you've had a conversation with them and ask them to stop and actually inform them how you would like to be treated. That's the key. You can't let stuff build up and never address it and then go file something. Because what did you do to rectify the problem? What did you do to try and build the relationship and make sure that you was getting the treatment in the way that you thought you were. So you always have to give them the opportunity to correct themselves. So that's why you can't jump to condemn somebody and judge them or dismiss somebody. You always have to have an open mind and open communication and stand firm in your boundaries and your standards, but you have to deliver it in a professional manner.
you have to appear organized, detailed. So when these things start happening to you, you have to make sure you notate the date, the time, the location, who was there, what was said, what you said, what was the problem, what was the discussion, and what was the resolution, and what was the future steps you're going to take. So you have to note all of that so that when, if ever, you do have to take a major step like that, it's written down, detailed, you're not guessing, you're not assuming what was said, you, you don't have to remember what was said, it's written down exactly what happened, and don't leave out what you said. Be honest with the communications exactly how it happened. If there was, if it was tension, it was tension. If there was some aggression, it was some aggression. If it was some negative words you said because you're upset, you say it. Do not leave anything out because the moment that it appears that you get caught not disclosing everything because you want to protect what you did and you want to protect yourself, you lose credibility. You have to be totally transparent and honest about it because your reputation is everything. You have to always be viewed as an honest person with integrity and able to hold themselves accountable. And that's the foundation that you have to stand on. Because at this point, you have officially begun a paper trail. So you don't know how the person that you filing on or you having an issue with is going to react and you don't know how the higher ups are going to act. So it may work out like for my case, it worked out for me because his boss understood his personality and knew that he was a problem way before I came along and dealt with him accordingly. But that doesn't always happen. And you have to know that going in just because you file a complaint does not automatically end with nothing else happening. So that's why it's also important that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, being with you, because if you have to go that route, you 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 cannot give them anything additional because they're going to run with it. So you always have to make sure that, and you don't have to be paranoid with it, but you you just have to be aware of what may happen. But on the flip side of that is if you are doing what you're supposed to be doing you and everything's good, they cannot retaliate against you for filing a complaint. So that is something that is frowned upon. So you do have that, but don't use it as a safety net to file a complaint. And then because a lot of black women do that, too, they file a complaint. So now they think they're untouchable. Because they filed a complaint and it's hard for, you know, there can't be no retaliation. So, but you don't want to be that person either. I'm going to quickly touch on racial discrimination and racial issues because that's a rabbit hole that I don't want to go down right now. But I do want to give you a little bit of information on how to handle when you feel like it's a racial issue going on. So... Some people are straight out racist and some people are unintentional racist where they don't know, you know, they really don't know. They may not have had that much experience around black people 
or the only experience they know of is what they see on TV. And we know we're not highlighted in a good light on TV. So there's some unintentional things that someone may do that you may deem as a racist comment or a racist action or um, discriminatory against you. But have an open mind and have a conversation and be open to having those hard discussions because that's the only way they're going to learn. Then they're not going to learn by shut if you shut down and get an attitude and treat them, you know, like you don't want to be around them. You have to be able to have the hard conversations and let them make the mistakes and say the things that may offend you. But if they're willing to learn, they will listen and try to do better. But you have to give them a space to be comfortable in sharing and sharing their ignorance because that's what it is. It's just ignorance to what it is to be around, um, work with and involved with a person that's different than them. So the way, you know, I normally handle it is I have conversations. It's like if they say something to you that offends you, then ask questions. Don't talk at them. Ask questions. Let them explain in a comfortable way how they got to that point. So you could just, if they say something that offends you, you could just ask the question like, how did you come to thinking like that? Or what happened in your life to make you think that? Black people are this way or what fascinates you about my hair? What is so fascinating about my hair? You know, because if they come and touch your hair or if they say something about your clothing, well, what, you know, what intrigues you? What makes it so intriguing and different from what you wear and let them express and let them explain. And then you could come back and give them a little bit of education or, you know, so that they know. The, you know more, you you know, you do better when you know more. So, and that's what people that's unintentional racist, where they really kind and they're good people, but then they just say something stupid or inappropriate, but you don't have to, you know, like get upset with them about it. And then you have the regular racist that's racist. And those are the people that operate from comfort and is very blatant it's not hidden um you won't have to really think about whether or not they don't really like being around black people and don't want to be around black people because they will make it blatantly clear and in that case you still don't take it personal you know it's just one of those situations that You just keep track of how they deal with you. If they're not impeding on your career, they're not doing anything to stunt your growth or dull your shine, or they're not saying anything derogatory towards you or harassing or menacing or calling you out your name or anything like that. That's just who they are. And at the end of the day, some people should be able to check that stuff at the door and don't bring it in the workplace. But unfortunately, some people can't. And that's a whole other topic that I don't want to, you know, get into. And the other thing is, is that sometimes it's not even about race. Just because it's a white person and a black person with 
opposing views or a conflict don't get along, it doesn't necessarily make it about race. You have to factor in personality traits. You have to factor in there are a lot of sociopaths, narcissists, psychopaths that work in the workplace. And there are personality disorders that hinder people from being able to have relationships with people regardless of what race they are. So it's just a compound effect. So it's good to learn the different personalities so you'll know whether you're dealing with a sociopath, if you're dealing with a narcissist in the workplace. And I might do a series on that also because that's very important because a lot of times because there's different nationality, different races, we automatically contributed to being racist and that's not the case all the time. It's not always about race. Some people are incompetent leaders. Some people just don't know what they're doing. So when it comes to calling somebody a racist, that's your last resort where you've tried everything else, tried to figure out any, and no matter what, then before you call somebody a racist, be very clear and accurate on, on and make sure that you're very clear that it is because you are a black female. And this is a key thing you have to remember when you're classifying it as discrimination. You have to make sure that who you're comparing yourself to is on the same level you are and it's the same incident, the same type incident that you're being treated differently. So you can't have an array of different circumstances and say, oh, it's because I'm black female. No, you have to have the same exact level, the same position, similar positions, and the same scenario where you're being treated different. So that's why you can't rush to use that term of being discriminated against all willy-nilly because there's so much more to it than just saying, oh, he's white, I'm black, oh, it's because I'm a black female. No, it's not that simple. So that's why it's very important for you to know the EEO laws, for you to know the labor laws before you even go into the workplace. Educate yourself on what it is you need to know, how to file, when to file, what to look for, how to document. That's the stuff that you need to know before you even go into the workplace, before you start a new job, because that's the kind of stuff that will help you to identify what you're really dealing with. And this way, you won't waste your time going down a road that's going to lead to nowhere because racial discrimination cases are very hard to prove. And attorneys will take your case all day long because it's a long process. So they're getting paid either way. So before you jump and get an attorney just because you have some situations where you feel slighted, no, you have to be very detailed on what's going on and make sure you know what to look for. So before you go down that road, just make sure you know for sure that that's what it is. So I'm going to wrap this one up for the night and we will move on to um, step six next week. So have a good evening. Enjoy the rest of your week. 
and I will talk to you next week. Good night.